From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. show for October 14th, 2010. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week, and I am joined by Corey Martin, Kathy Rowling, Julie Martin, Teresa Eccles, Kevin Close, and Maxie and How come you never go counterclockwise? Because my clock is digital. Just go right or left. I have to, okay, go next time I'm going to stop. Go towards Canada. Next time I'm going to stop. Canada. Next time I'm going in case you don't remember, Pete and Walter are away this week. They're on their adventures by Disney Southwest. Hunting rattlesnakes. <laughs> Makes me think about that movie when fool, fools rush in, when he goes to the desert with Selma Hayek's family and there are rattlesnakes around him and they all shoot at him to kill the rattlesnakes. That can happen to I, I have visions of deliverance in my head. I don't know why. Oh, oh my gosh. You can hear the banjos. <laughs> yeah. A little too far west for the that. The people who live in the Grand Canyon will be thrilled to hear this. Yeah, isn't that more... It's only like, like three of them, right? Native American. I was thinking Appalachian Mountains was deliverance. Yeah, that's it's Georgia. Yeah, the South. Squeal like a pig. Okay, come on. Teresa, that's the movie. Walter or Peter did Beatty. You know, we tried not to go there. We really did. But apparently, I couldn't stop the train. We're going to be reading your emails and listening to some of your voicemails on this week's show. Um, if you want to uh, send, call in, and give us. And leave us a voicemail. Oh, listen to an old show. Oh, like what is he doing? <laughs> I'm trying to grab a Triscuit. Just tell him to listen to an old show to get that information. <laughs> Dial one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two, or local four zero seven five seven four five zero nine three. Or tweet Bravo Andy. In the UK, you can dial zero eight zero eight one two one two zero two three one six. In Australia, it's one eight hundred. Something something four five three one from the Grand Canyon. It's nine one one. Australia. It's one eight hundred seven seven four five. The printing gets smaller as you go down. Yeah, I never noticed that. I had trouble reading it. Um, If you want to send us an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com. Our preferred method these days, if you want to record something on your iPhone or your smartphone and email it to us, that seems to be the best quality recording so that we can play it on the show. All right, with that out of the way, who wants to read the first email? I'll go. I have one from Margaret. First in rapid fire and first in email. You know, I'm, I'm in front of the computer, kind of. You feel the power? Yeah, I'm surrounded, power. surrounded by uh, electronics. Um, I'm only doing this one early because we just got finished feeling all of each other's uh, annual passes. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, that's the one I've got. Oh, really? I thought we were doing it because, well, looks like I have it. Oh, I'm the brother one that brought that up. John, take control. Margaret Glasgow, Scotland. It is anarchy. Oh, okay. I go to the World Sir three times a year and was kissing. Because she's ahead. trying to cut in. You better read your email. It's like the email tweet man. Jeez. All right, it's an email We didn't have that many. I want half credit for this Corey one. Went, Corey said first, so he okay. did read it. I'm oh, handing awesome. mine to Julie, though. Here, Julie. That's how much. Yeah, because he won't. You see how much I pay attention <laughs> to you, Teresa. All right, this comes from Margaret from Scotland. I go to the world two or three times a year, and I was considering buying an annual pass rather than one for each trip. However, I've been told that the annual pass is a paper copy rather than a swipe card. Is this the case? If so, I'm not sure a paper copy would survive, would survive intact and may reconsider and give into the convenience over cost. My reading would have been so much better. 
But go ahead. Yeah, but your answer would have been horrible. Hey. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Well, we, um, we have an answer for you. We really don't know. Yes, um, we do. Some of us have paper... Paper you, annual passes, and some of us have what's the word? Tyvek. Tyvek. However, even the paper one is sturdy. You, you can't rip it. And I've had mine for fifteen months. Also, Margaret, if something happened, as once you purchase an annual mm-hmm. pass, you can cut it up when you get home, and when you get back to the the parks, go to guest services, and they'll just print you a new Shows one as long as you have identification. I'm on my third one because I didn't like the character I had on the last one. <laughs> He's only so. had it since July. Also, <laughs> third I've been, one. I've been through several. The Tyvek cards are swipe cards. They do go through the machine just mm-hmm. like the other ones. I think she might be referring to the voucher you get when you purchase an annual pass online. The will and, call voucher? Right. And then you bring that with you to the to the park and they turn that in yeah, for you. Yeah, that's those. just a Tyvek. voucher. Tyvek but it's is, a piece of paper. It's just a, you know, like a piece of copy paper. Right out of your machine. Tyvek is actually the stuff that they wrap houses in to insulate them. I used mine 95 in. times last year because I like the character that was on mine. And... <laughs> That's why I you had, went? No, I mean, just saying that, you know, I didn't need to replace it. I didn't lose it. It I'm was in my wallet yeah. all the whole year, and I used it 95 times, and it worked just as well on the why last time. Why does mine not work every time? It's isolated by itself. It doesn't fraternize with my phone or my credit cards. Or, do you wear anything magnetic? No. Uh, She's not Bob. She's no, not I mean, are there slip. magnets in your purse? Is no. there a magnetic closure? No, it's in its own little private little spot. It goes near nothing else. They do give you a little book to put it in. And it's, it's in that. It's your magnetic personality. Then. Something every time. And Kelvin can walk through, and the girls and I have trouble, and I'm, I'm holding their passes. They stay with me. You're so you're the one that holds up the line. I, mm. I am every time. Go get a new car. It's not your card that's different. It's your thumbprint. <laughs> is that what <laughs> it is? Changing. It's your identity. <laughs> So wait a minute, she's from Scotland, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she's worried about keeping this card for a year? These are people who have Stonehenge. It's like 500 million years old. It's not in her pocket, though. Oh, it's not in her pocket. <laughs> she's going to take it out and swipe I think it. you'll be fine. They come with a little booklet that tells you all your little discounts and all that stuff. Just keep it in there. I do have something else to say. People ask about the Tables in Wonderland card all the time and getting the Tyvek copy of that. If you do your Tables in Wonderland card in person... You get the Tyvek card, which is like the annual pass. If you do your Tables in Wonderland card over the phone and have them mail it to you or do it online, you get a plastic hmm. credit card type Tables in Wonderland card. And why is Disneyland? They they have the card with their picture on it. For the we had those four annual pass holders. Uh, <laughs> we did that. We had those That's years wrong. ago. I met all four of them while I was Congratulations. Kidding, Disneyland people. We know there's ten. Write to me. We know there's ten. (laughs) (laughs) We used to have that as well. We we missed that. Now, is the Premier Pass? I know only Pete has it. Is that like a card, or is that also? It's a hard plastic. It's like a credit card. Yeah, it's like a hologram of Pete. Well, (laughs) (laughs) if she really wants the annual pass, I don't see why she shouldn't get it. Right? Right. Oh no, definitely get it. Definitely. Yeah, because they'll replace it for you every trip if you just have identification. Yeah. Make confetti with it just for fun. Oh, that's green. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Corey. Who wants to go next? I have a time-sensitive one. As in, like, 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 five five <laughs> it's like 4 o'clock. It's going to be too like late. It has to be done by 2.35. Well, it's about Halloween, so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> get there so much faster if you do it right Well, now. I know. So eventually we'll get around, oh, we don't need any more emails, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that John? <laughs> There's apparently a face that goes along with that. <laughs> well, early 
he was doing this earlier, and I couldn't figure out what he was doing. Like, it's his just hand signal. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, was blessing the table. The table. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was blessing the table. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, this is from David in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, guys and gals. My family is taking our almost annual trip to the world in a couple of weeks. We're going the week prior to Halloween and are not going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary. Too late for the kids. I know that Downtown Disney has had trick-or-treating, but I cannot find any information about it this year. Have you heard anything about dates, times, or even if they're doing it at all? Um, Have you been in the past? Is it crazy, overly crowded? Do people dress up? Thanks so much, and keep up the good work. Okay, well, I went and searched for you, David. And according to the Daily Disney through Orlando Sentinel, yes, Downtown Disney is having their Happy Haunting event where they offer free sweets and entertainment from 5 to 9, October 30th and 31st. You can trick-or-treat from the west side through Pleasure Island all the way over to the marketplace. Um, Approximately 20 stations, and there will be a DJ, some slightly scary ghost storytellers, (laughs) and Halloween performers all throughout Downtown Disney for you to enjoy. I have read that it can get pretty crowded pretty quick. So you want to get there early, get your parking spot, maybe bring your costumes with you. Um, We're actually planning, hopefully, to take our kids over there. I think it'll be a neat experience and something different to do besides the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I really don't want to be home. Yeah, I don't want to be home on Halloween. So um, I hope that you guys go, and I hope you dress up, and I hope you have a fabulous time. (laughs) And I'll just say, if Disney's listening... Release your events sooner because yes. I know every year we try to find this stuff and about a week, couple days before Halloween, they'll come out with a list of what all goes on and by then it's really too late. You know, I, I really had to search for that information. I found a lot of old information from 09. From I found, past years. Yeah. yeah. I saw that too. So, and finally, I actually went through a different site to even find this. So, <gasps> oh, not like a different Disney information site. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Who else has an uh, email they want to I do. It's also time sensitive. Um, This is from Pat Hamley Neal. Breaking news. (laughs) It's the theme of the email show. Pat wrote, hi, Kathy. Thanks for the show. Question for the show. Next year, I plan on taking my three grandkids to Disney for the first time as a combined birthday Christmas gift. And I thought I'd take them to either the Halloween party or the Christmas party. They will be five, six, and seven when I take them. My concern with the Halloween party is that certain parts of the party, i.e. the headless horsemen, zombie-type characters with shovels during the parade, could be too scary for young children. I have never attended the Halloween party, but have gone to the Christmas party many years ago when my kids were young. So my question is, what would you and the rest of the team think would be the better first-time experience for little ones? Thanks. She's Goofy Mom 64 on the boards. My opinion is... <laughs> I think, I think the hell, if you think it's going to be scary, you, you can look the other way and totally miss the, the headless horseman and the grave diggers. Yeah, the headless horseman goes by in seconds. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're, it's easy. They could be easily distracted from seeing that. Yeah. Exactly. They make an announcement that he's coming, and you can hear him coming before you get there. It just sounds like horse hooves on a. And I don't think a kid is going to notice the missing head as much as the ha- the horse. The right. horse, right? And the grave diggers with the shovels, they're. Surrounded by dwarves and the honey bear tree, and yeah. they're doing a fun dance. The, yeah. the only thing there, the the noise for that particular thing, they are scraping. It is a little screechy. It's but, a troop of 
guys scraping shovels on the sidewalk and they make sparks. That's cool. But don't you think, I mean, if I had to compare which one to take the kids to, don't you think the kids would enjoy the Halloween party just for what goes on at the Halloween party more than the Christmas party? What happens? I've never been to the Christmas one. What happens? There's not as much interactive (laughs) stuff as the Christmas one. Do tell. I'm only going this year. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Poor Teresa. She's never been to the Christmas. I have. She just got back from Disneyland. I really for a week. By yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think for kids, the Halloween party is better than the Christmas right. party. Right, they're involved in it. There's a costume involved. There's trick or treating. The Christmas party, while there's a lot to see and all, a lot of the attractions are open, there's really nothing interactive other than the dance parties. So I think this is more I think fun. That, yeah, the Christmas party is more for adults with it snowing and. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Well, what's the what's the what's gonna make me buy that ticket to the Christmas one if there's nothing to it do? Is, uh, what's what's there that I can't get at three o'clock in the afternoon that day? Hot Snow. chocolate and cookies. It's a Christmas. Hot it's a Christmas parade. There's yeah. a uh, Christmas fireworks. Yeah. Snow on Main Street. Carolers. And there's a Christmas dance. Cookies party and hot chocolate. So there are things I can't get during the day. Yeah. Okay. The thing that you can't get during the day is the Christmas parade. Mm-hmm. Until Christmas Day, I believe it is, or the day be- Christmas Eve after the. Christmas party is done, then they start doing the parade during the three o'clock parade. But that's okay. like the last party is like the twenty third, right? Yeah. So the Christmas parade's spectacular. Okay. But if you've got a four or five and a six year old, be getting dressed up in trick or treating. Yeah, I think I is, agree. If you could only do one, only afford to do one. That's the one we suggest. The that's my party. idea. And you could go and not even see that. I mean, you could just be if you weren't lined up for the parade, you wouldn't see the headless horseman or the. Um, grave right. people. So you could still have a good time and definitely not scare them. And again, it's not a parade of scary people. Right. I mean, the dwarfs are in the parade and all the poo characters and it's... They've it, all it's, got their little costumes It's on. not so scary, right? Right. It, it, that little song. <laughs> it's really not so scary. Yeah. The boo to you. Yeah. Should we all sing it? No, let's not. Which, the while we're talking about, I just gotta say this. The California, the Disneyland um, Halloween, Halloween party parade. Their little parade is really not as nearly as spectacular as ours. But their fireworks are better for me. That's because it's easier to see the fireworks over that little castle. <laughs> I know. that's what they, It's all real low right there at eye mm-hmm. level. Yeah. I like that. All right. Calm down. Okay. I'm not talking bad about the castle. No. It's sentiment. I like it. It's intimate. We're it's the original. It's where Walt walked. They know how I feel about it. I, I like it. I defend it constantly. I like it. And Toad. I don't feel it needs defending. <gasps> My first well, I'm saying against Toad. people who think that cool. Cinderella's castle is better. No, bigger's not better. Let's move on. That's how you we? shoot the fireworks. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> really? I know you've got some voicemails. Uh, this comes from Jennifer, and she has our horseback riding review. Hey, podcast team. This is Jennifer. Ship to see you on the board. After listening to a podcast from August, I decided I would do a review for you on the horseback riding at Fort Wilderness. Me and my husband went horseback riding there for our honeymoon this past June. We chose to go on a Saturday because we thought the parks would be very crowded, but this would be something that wouldn't be. We were definitely right. Fort Wilderness was extremely quiet this day. The stables are located at the front of the resort by the parking lot and the buses. If you take the boat over, you can use one of the interior buses and it will take you up to the front. When we first arrived, we went over to the kennel building that is right next to the stables to check in and pay. You then have to fill out a release form and are asked if you would like to wear helmets. Helmets, however, are not required. And you are told to stand by the stables and wait for the other people to arrive. You aren't allowed to take anything on the horses with you, so there are lockers provided. 
We hung around for a little while and were soon joined by a family of four and another couple. Not too long after, two cast members came out to greet us. They went over what was going to happen and gave out the helmets to those who requested them. Then we were, one by one, brought our horses and helped on. There was a large wooden platform that you stand on and then the horses brought to you, so you were not getting on the horse from the ground, which is much easier. My husband had never rode before and was rather nervous, but his fears quickly went away because of how nice and helpful the cast members were. They came around to each of us and told us a little bit about our horses and what we should and shouldn't do, including how to get the horse to go right, left, stop, and slow down. We were also asked about our riding experience. Because I had rode before, I was put in the front directly behind the cast member and her horse. Also, I was given the lead horse. He is the horse that all the other horses know to follow, not the one that the cast member was on. Which was fine by me, but I did think it was a bit strange. So, one major thing we were told is that the horses cannot eat from the trail because it will get them sick. What I was not told is that I had the bad horse, so right away he started eating off the path and I had to strain to stop him. He was a lot stronger than me and it was very hard to pull him back. Eventually I did and I had to spend most of the ride making sure he behaved himself and didn't go off the path, especially because all the other horses would have followed. The other horses with us were very tame and well behaved, including my husband's horse. The cast member in front of me was very chatty and spent most of the ride talking to me and telling me about her experiences working at Disney World. The other cast member rode up and down talking to everyone to see how they were doing. It was a terribly hot day, much hotter than you probably would have wanted on horseback riding, but we barely noticed. The ride was extremely enjoyable and we felt it was just the right length. The whole trip was about an hour. You go through the woods and it's extremely quiet and peaceful. We did see a few deer and some rabbits on our way. I think the best part of the trip is that you are separated from all the crowds of Disney World. You don't see any cars or people, only when you first get on and off the path. When you arrive back, you are helped off your horse and sent on your way. The only thing that disappointed us was I would have liked to have had my camera to take a photo of my husband on his horse. But being that you cannot carry anything with you, the camera was in the locker. But that was a really small disappointment. We enjoyed the ride so much we are planning to do it again on our one year anniversary trip. My husband was very nervous to do this, but after this experience, he's eager to try again. The experience is really geared towards everyone, so if you've never rode a horse, this is a really good chance for you to try it out. I highly recommend trying this out if you have a chance. It's really nice to get away from the parks and have something new to experience if you've been to the parks a lot. So that's it. Thank you, podcast crew, for all you do. I love the show, and I listen to it every week. Bye. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for that review. Uh, as always, since you gave us a review, you get to pick a number uh, from the non-existent prize matron. I don't know how we're going to give up. We have a hat. We throw stuff again. The, the prize my hat. <laughs> so Julie will contact you, and uh, you can pick a number, and sometime in the near future you can... Try to win something. Um, I, I, horseback riding doesn't appeal to me. Would you guys do it? No. Yeah, uh, Walter and I are supposed to go, um, but we wanted to wait till it was cooler, and I think that we were right about that. She talks about how hot it was. Plus, yeah. you're sitting on a horse. Yeah. yeah, and they sweat too. My fear is what <laughs> she was talking about. Um, my last experience was as a Girl Scout, and my horse wouldn't stay on the path. It kept wandering away, leading all the others away. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought horse I was since you were a Girl trail. Scout. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. It's yeah. a couple. I like the fact that they, they help you up on a box. 
to get on the horse. That's, that's say, nice. You know, between the helmet and being helped up on the horse, just doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> yeah, see, I grew up riding horses. We didn't wear helmets. You know, you put your foot in the stirrup and you got yourself up on the horse. I think and you've got to wear I think helmet. I also remember my mom carrying a camera on the horse to take photos. <laughs> I guess they don't want people distracted from right. what they're doing in case they're not seasoned horse riders. Yeah, you know, the flesh would send my horse off into the... But I do not think they should be giving someone a horse that is going to constantly... The lead horse is constantly trying to go off the path. So if her horse, for some reason, gets spooked and runs, then every other horse is going to do the same thing. Her being one of the more experienced she had ridden before, I guess that's why they gave her the horse that they thought maybe she could handle. I don't know. Sounds like I can handle a golf cart. So you've ridden a horse before. You? I have, yes. So two people today? I've ridden a horse before. Yeah. Wow, so I'm the I've only one. Multi- I've ridden multiple horses. I've ridden multiple horses. I've ridden a horse once. Carter <laughs> was, was president, but I rode a horse. <laughs> been on the carousel. <laughs> yeah, I think Nixon might have been president. I don't remember, but Grace rides all the time when we were in Georgia. She was in 4-H and loved it. It'd be a fun thing. You know, if that's your bag, go for it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, since it's not my bag, let's move on to the <laughs> I've got one. May I read it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you may. I'm going to judge you. Are you? Okay, this comes from Frankie De Silva, Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. Frankie D plus three on the boards. What was that? It was what like was a sound that? effect. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> Are we good? Yeah. Did you break over there, Court? Okay. Hi, podcast crew. Love the show. It really moves my Wednesdays and Thursdays along really well while I'm at work. We spent six days at Walt Disney World between September 1st to September 10th, celebrating my daughter's ninth birthday on September 1st. I'm sorry that your experiences as of late regarding celebration buttons hasn't been that great, but I can't agree with some of your comments today, September 29th, regarding cast member lack of responses to celebration buttons. My daughter was made to feel really special. The cast member took that took our phone reservation for Pop Century made note of the birthday on our reservation. The cast member that checked us in wished her a happy birthday and gave our daughter her button. When we were at the Magic Kingdom tram, the cast member operator wished her a happy, bur- happy birthday personally, then made a special announcement on the intercom for all to hear. From the moment we walked through the turnstiles to our very enjoyable and tasty lunch at Tony's, yes, I said enjoyable and tasty, and Tony's in the same sentence, to the time we left the park after the fireworks, my daughter was made to feel like she was the only person that day that had a birthday. It felt like she received birthday wishes from every cast member in the park that day, and the cast members that could took the extra time to ask her her name, age, and where she was from. She was even gifted with a free Powerade when we were at Liberty Square because of her button. I'm telling you she has a permanent smile that lasted the rest of our trip. She wore the button four more times during our visit and received the same responses at each park, minus the free drink, but it was never about the free drink. The memories, the memories were so amazing that my three-and-a-half-year-old now wants to go for his birthday. He'll have to wait a couple of years. I believe that we experienced that Disney experience that you all talk about so much. Thanks for all your time. Cool. So, That's awesome. That was a great email. Well, I yeah. still say they fuss over the kids, but adults that are wearing the birthday button, they're few and far between. I find that, especially if I see a happy anniversary or are just married, I always say congratulations. I do, too. And I always mm-hmm. say, if I see the button in yeah. time, I say happy birthday, too. Because I think it should, you know, just because we're not cast members doesn't mean it's going to be any less special coming from right. a stranger. Right. But I do think it, they sort of oversaturated. So hopefully next year they're going to do something different. 
this is all about that uh, falls into the expectations thing as well. Right. People go on the boards and they read something like this. And if someone doesn't say happy birthday to them, they feel Where's like, my free power aid? It's, it's like when they come back with their with their son, you know, what if he doesn't get the free power aid? Is that, is that going to ruin his day? The last time I was in the park anywhere near my birthday and wore a birthday button, they gave me a free brownie in Casey's. But that was a couple of years ago. I haven't been in the birthday yeah. on, I haven't been in the park near my birthday in a while. Grace got one in uh at Casey's too on her birthday. I remember that. Yeah. But you know, it is all expectations. You know, what you before we went on the cruise last year, we had read about a child losing their tooth and how they made a big deal of that. And, and Stella was like trying to yank a tooth out before we went. Thinking, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a pixie dust on the bed. I get this tooth out. I get a dollar for my tooth. We're going to get for my kidney. <laughs> so it is, you know, it, it's everyone's personal experience. You are, it is what you make it. You know? I also think, I don't know how to explain this. I think it's the people who, approach this as if they're not expecting anything mm-hmm. that get it a cast member that finds out inadvertently that a child lost a tooth might step up and say let's do something special as opposed to the parent who stands in the hallway with the tooth in their hand and looks at the cast member and says what are you going to do about this yeah you know what i mean i think it's all how it's mm-hmm. approached spontaneous and, right yeah. and if your daughter was appreciative and you know just enjoying her day in the park, I imagine cast members would go out of the, their way. Yeah. I think it, it depends on your demeanor. If I know myself, if someone was demanding of me, mm-hmm. it makes you want to kind of pull back a little bit. You don't want to go out of your way to make that person happier. You want to help the ones who aren't expecting it. Or it makes, surprise them and be right. spontaneous. Well, I know? have a, a story, someone not expecting anything. Um, our friends that were here, their son is almost three. They were writing Toy Story Mania. Well, the cast member closed his finger in the door. Apparently, they weren't paying attention. And Closed the child's finger yeah. in the door? Yeah, oh he's almost gosh. three. Gosh. So, of course, he squealed and cried and, you know, whatever. Well, they got him calmed down, and he was fine, and they rode the ride. You know, Tiffany's like, he's going to be fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Gave him stickers, whatever. Um, no big deal. You know, they rode the ride. They were getting off. The manager, I don't know if it's for the park or for the ride, was waiting for them when they got off the ride. And he, more stickers, oh, we're so sorry this happened. And he's like, I want you guys, you know, to ride again and gave them fast passes to ride the ride again. And sign this waiver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, can you sign this release? <laughs> but, you can know, she wasn't expecting anything. She's like, accidents like that can happen. You know, he probably wasn't watching. He's excited about the ride. And apparently the cast member wasn't either. But, you know. She didn't go and say, oh, I can't believe you guys did this, and I want this, this, and this. It just goes to show you that, you know, if you're just nice about something, and, you know, even, like, if, you, if you're going to the park and you just relax, you're like, why are people wishing me happy birthday? Well, we talk the about same this kind of the thing. time. It's the sense of entitlement. Right. And stopping, I always think that when I hear about people who have, you know, their touring plans minute by minute, and I think to myself, you're going to miss all of the added fun that you could have by just stopping and sort of enjoying what's available to you, the magic that's kind of not so blatant. Yeah. My God, you're at Disney. Right. That's the way I feel about it. Even though it's, I don't know, you're there, that alone is magical to me. Right, but what I'm saying is, you know, you see people rushing from one thing to the next, and I think to myself, there's so much in between, and you might be rushing past a magical moment or something that would change your trip for the better so i just think if you could just sort of a- a- appreciate the details but it sounds like um it sounds like they had a great they time. had a good time yeah excellent 
Kevin, do you have an email? I do. This is from Bill F. in Rome, New York. Uh, I've been listening for about a year, and I'm currently catching up on older shows. Kevin has made some amusing comments during several of the Stump the Roundtable segments. I know... Looks like Walter now, is here. I now have some. It, it, it's the, faded the, out the from print, the printer. Oh. <laughs> the printer didn't. Print. I now have some information. Uh, Walt's social security number was five six two one zero zero two nine six. Also, the name of the second child of the man who accidentally invented Teflon is Patrick. And this is Bill Four K from Rome, New York. P.S. Love Bob. My favorite Bobism when he was talking about the Grim Grimmage. I almost drove off the road. I was laughing so hard. Uh, Bill, one of the things that... Uh, I think I might have already explained this. We used to play Trivial Pursuit back when Trivial Pursuit first came out. And it would always be... That was the joke. They would ask Teresa, how much is two plus two? And she would say four and get to move her little piece of the puzzle or get one of those little Pies. pieces that fits in. And the joke always was, they would ask me... What was this man's name? What was the second child of the man who invented Teflon? That's something that just nobody would know. And that was the joke back then, and it's just sort of stuck with me, and I've ridden that joke till the wheels fall off at this I point. I remember that time when we played and they asked me that. Was that back <laughs> in the 70s? Um, How'd they get Walt's social security number? That's public knowledge. And he's going to be taking it. it comes back from the Grand Canyon, and they put it Won't out Won't you there. die? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know it's Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, well, would your social security number be on your death certificate? I don't know. Your death certificate? I don't know. Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I love her. Um, all right, Bill, thanks for digging up some creepy information. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, Kevin, for picking it. <laughs> I actually gave it to him. <laughs> John handed it to me and said, read this. He used that voice, too. Read this. Read this. All right, I'm going to read an email. Wow. Mine's from Dune Troll. In St. Peter's, Missouri. Hi, podcast crew. I hope you are all doing well. My wife and I and our seven kids have been considering buying into DVC for the past year or so. But one thing keeps holding us back, the Orlando area economy. With the real estate market so stagnant, vacation property prices have been falling consistently, and this is causing the hesitation. While we do completely understand the advantages of buying into DVC, the cheap prices... I'm sorry, the cheap prices, $50,000 or less of vacation properties in the Disney World area, and the fact that we would own the property outright seems very attractive to us. My question is this. Costs being equal, if you've got a large family like ours and want to take at least two vacations a week each year to Walt Disney World, would you consider buying a vacation property? Uh, with both its investment potential and considering family and friends could use the property year-round to keep in mind, or buying DVC. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to a lively discussion. Well, that was like a math problem. Yeah, I I hated those in school. (laughs) I actually, I follow the real estate market very closely. This is just something that I do. Um, I can understand your dilemma completely. DVC now can cost as much as a house here in Florida. So the question becomes, do you want uh, the responsibilities of home ownership or not is basically the question that comes up. For you and seven kids, I mean, you got to think, you're going to at least have to get two or three rooms when you come. 
So that's an awful lot of points. So maybe a house would be better for you if you can afford it, if you don't mind the fact that depending on what you buy and where you buy and what how it's zoned, you may have to have someone take care of it for you. You also have to take into the effect or take into account that there's probably going to be a homeowners association right. dues, uh, which can be kind of costly. And another thing to keep in mind is what kind of property you're buying. If you're buying a single family home, you're going to be responsible for all outside maintenance, yard work. That's going to be an additional cost. If you're buying a townhouse or a villa, you're still going to be able to re- be responsible for some of it. And if you're buying a condo, while the outside stuff is taken care of, there's usually a much higher homeowners association. You also have the fear of special assessments <coughs> where all of a sudden they can tell you, listen, the roofs have all blown mm-hmm. off and you all have to come up with $4,000 by the end of the month. I mean, those are you know outlandish examples. Extremes, but right. But they happen. They, yeah, they, they do happen. Could happen. We had a condo over at the beach and... Before we sold it, they told us, listen, three of the elevators are bad, and you're going to each have to come up with a couple thousand dollars very quickly. So those are things to keep in mind. You also have to um, have insurance on your house and things of that nature. Insurance, so, property taxes, homeowners association, that will all add to your cost. You do have the option of um, renting it out when you're not here. Mm-hmm. You would probably want to go through a property management company. Be forewarned that I think people think that's a way of getting rich. It's not. Property management companies keep a large portion of what they sell for managing the property for you. So, you also have to figure out how the market that that property management company would market your property. It, chances are very good that it, because of the amount of inventory that's available out there, it probably would not be full all the time. If I were this person, uh, DVC. Listening to you guys go back and forth about this, and you live so far away and thinking about who's going to maintain all of this when I'm not there, and yeah, no way. Well, there's there's pluses also. Yeah. Once you buy a property, it's yours till you don't want it anymore. Right. DVC ends and DVC has an end date. Right. Uh, the other thing is, you know, with a large family like that, it might be cheaper initially. You know, you'd have to decide. I, as John said, nine people. That's going to be a lot of points for two Mm. weeks a year. Yeah. So a house might be a better thing. It's also, you know, if you buy a a single-family home, you might buy a pool home. Again, that adds to who's going to maintain that. But It's going to become a brown pond. You've got to have someone to maintain the pump and the filter and all that stuff and the chemicals. Or go salt water. The other thing is, um, I forget what I was going to say. Yard, oh. ma- yard maintenance, pest control. Right, those things as well. What I was going to say is um, there's also this sense of waiting out the market. People don't know what's going to happen or, or prices are going to go even lower. Um, there's a lot of information going on now that we probably have hit the bottom in Florida in that prices may not go any lower than they are now. In- interest rates are the lowest they're going to be. Inventory is high, but there's going to be very few. There's going to be not so much more movement downward in price, but we're going to plateau out at this price for a while. Uh, One of the indicators is that for the first time in a couple years, more people have moved into Central Florida than have moved out. So that's an indication that Central Florida is uh, on the uptick. So something to think about, too, is try not to outlast this market and say, well, I'm going to wait now until the house is $10,000. If you find one you like, I would definitely move on it. 
But that being said, houses in Central Florida have taken a huge drop in price. Right. I mean, he says $50,000. That's not uncommon to find condos in the, and townhouses in the vacation corridor for $50,000 for three bedrooms. We found one. Um, are you familiar with Saratoga Resort on uh, 192 over by the Target? It used to be the Doubletree in back behind. Oh, okay. Those places. Right. I saw a one-bedroom, one-bath for $19,000. Whoa. However, like, do I want a car or a one bedroom? Exactly. You can't live in the unit right. for more than six months at a time. It's zoned only for short term okay. rentals. So, six months at a time is the most you can live there. But those were pretty nice. But you can move out for a day and move right back in, right? <laughs> Actually, technically, you technically can. Technically, you can. Right, yeah. you, as long as you're not there for. But you also can't set it up as your residence. Right. This is my address. I'm going to get my mail there. You know, things like that. Mm. But if you were looking for a vacation home, Pretty cheap. And that's pretty close to the parks if you wanted it's to do true, something. Really close to the parks. I don't mean to keep dragging this out, but you also have to take into account if you're buying into an association like that, uh, something that we're facing. We live in a homeowners association. We're at a point now where there's enough houses that have either been foreclosed on or are in short sales that that missing homeowners association money is starting to be felt and there's talk of other the other families in the neighborhood who are still paying their homeowners association maybe having to make up that difference mm. so it's it's one of those things that you really you have to check out the homeowners association to make sure that's being well run mm -hmm. the management company managing the property there's a lot of uh, research that would go into buying a property at this point point. and the flip side for DVC is that it's going to be so much easier for you right you're going to be able to just call up get the, the week you want come down not have to worry about it all year long you're never going to have to spend one of your weeks painting your unit right all right well we hope we gave you some food for thought on that one Let's go to another voicemail. Corey, do you have one for us? This comes from Denise. And she has a question about 2012 cruise payments. Hi, podcast team. This is Denise Kuvert, Mrs. C on the boards, calling from Mount Pleasant, Iowa. My husband and I returned from our honeymoon at Walt Disney World in March. We had a wonderful time and enjoyed every minute. Just a side note, my husband and I met at Western Illinois University, where Dave Zanola lurks about. And he was just as odd then. Also, we chose Disney for our honeymoon, so we wouldn't run into anyone we knew. And guess what? Our very first day in the parks, even before rope drop, we ran into the Zanola family. We just couldn't escape. Anyway, since the minute we returned from the world, we've been looking into another trip. My husband and I are really interested in booking a cruise at some point in 2012 on one of the new and a Disney cruise at the same time. My question is, what is the payment schedule for a cruise booked for 2012? Is there just the deposit and a date for the final balance due, or can I pay for it monthly? How many days out is the final balance due? Thanks so much. I love, love, love the podcast and can't wait to hear your response. Bye, guys. Um, we can answer all those questions for you, Denise, but before, I, before we do, I want to uh, mention something that we haven't talked about, uh, is that Disney Cruise Line has just changed their deposit uh, policies going forward. And I'm not sure everybody's aware of this or not, but there used to be a per-person amount for your deposit. A set amount. A set amount, mm -hmm. depending on the length of stay of the cruise, $200 a person, 250 a person. Now they've gone to a percentage, and it's 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 
twenty percent of the cruise fare of your reservation, not the total cost. Not the port charges or taxes. Doesn't include port charges, taxes, and then there's what's what's considered another amount in there that they call non-commissionable portion as well. It also wouldn't include your transfers or trip insurance. So it's 20% of the cruise fare. So one of the things that's weird that's going on is we're seeing deposits of like $792.02. Really weird. For a family of four? Depending on depending on the price of the cruise, it could be two going on a mid cruise or something yeah. like that. It could be a lot more money. So keep that in mind: is that the deposit policies have changed. We don't know about 2012 yet. That information hasn't been released yet. Coming out on Monday should be our the 2012 itineraries, and we assume that the deposit policies will remain the same for 2012 as they are 2011. With that said. To secure a 2012 sailing, you need to put down a deposit. You don't have to make monthly payments on it. You don't have to make scheduled payments on it, but you could if you wanted to. Your balance is going to be due depending on the stateroom category you book. So what's the what's the regular uh, timeout for a deposit? 105, isn't it? For the final payment to be due? Final payment. The balance to be due on a cruise... If you're in uh, a non-suite stateroom, it's 75 days prior to departure. What's the 105 then? If you're in, in a, a suite. Oh, okay. Um, and again, depending on what you book, we'll also have different policies, uh, deposit policies and balance policies. For example, suites are non-refundable. So even if you cancel your cruise and you have trip insurance and it's something that's covered by your trip insurance, you cannot get your, your deposit back. And the same thing's going to happen if they book the fantasy, if they release the dates for that. If you're on the inaugural sailing, you can't, your deposit is non-refundable. Right, we assume, I mean, this would happen with the dream, was there were certain sailings because they knew they were going to be so popular that, um, first of all, you couldn't hold it. You had to put your deposit down immediately, and that deposit became non-refundable as soon as you paid it. We assume the fantasy will be the exact same way because it's going to be as popular those first few sailings. So the overall answer to your question is you're going to have to pay a deposit and you're going to have to pay a balance closer to your time of sailing. And in between, you can make interim payments and monthly payments if that's what you want to do to pay off your cruise. Would you recommend that, though? I personally hate that. I, I When people pay their cruises off early... Have your money collect interest in your own account, right? That's exactly how I look at it. Why give Disney your money to hold on to and to earn interest on and to make money on. However, I understand that people like that sense of my vacation's paid off. I don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I do get it. From a financial standpoint, if you got this money every month, put it into an online savings account and earn a little bit of interest on it and then pay it all off at once. Makes sense. Just the way I feel about it. But I understand. I mean, people say it all the time. I feel so good. My vacation is paid yeah. off. Now that's one thing off my list I have to worry about. They can concentrate on other stuff. Anything else I'm missing with the deposit policies, Kathy, that you can think of? No, I think we covered it. Yeah. Uh, we've got it on the website. If you go to the, to the website and check out the cruise terms and conditions, we don't expect those changing too much for 2012. But oh, the other thing we might say is if they book it on the cruise, the deposit it was less. Now, is it still that way? I'm pretty sure. There's they- a 50% deposit 
uh, option when the people were sailing. I got to be honest with you, I don't know if that's true now with the new deposit I policies. I haven't heard that they changed it, but they could have. Yeah, this all happened pretty quick. This all happened last week, so I don't know all the details. But in the past, it was you paid fifty percent of the regular deposit if you're rebooked on board, and now that's not may not be the case. But I don't think they're looking to book their first cruise, so that won't be an issue with them. Cool. I just want to say, hey, Mount Pleasant. She's from Mount Pleasant, Iowa. And hey, is... Dave and Leah, we love you. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, cool. <laughs> hey, Dave. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do another email. I have one. This is, oh, this, this is the one I wanted to do. Sorry. This is from Casey Kolb. Hi, my name's Casey, mommy to all girls on the Disboards. I'm a huge fan of the boards and your podcast. For the past two years, I've been dealing with a chronic illness that has left me bedridden most of the time. As you can imagine, spending that much time in bed can get boring and take a toll on a person, especially a mother, especially a mother of four young children. Recently, I decided to go back and start listening to all the archives of your podcast. I can't tell you how much this, this has helped me. I am now able to laugh while resting and able to listen to people talk about my favorite subject, Disney. Your podcast has lifted my spirits and is a big part of my day. I can't thank you enough for all that you do, and I'm sending a faithful listener. To, what did she Yeah, I am a faithful listener. She's like, I'm sending to your podcast and look forward to each show. I'm truly enjoying listening to the archives. Thank you for making my days better. Much love to you all with many blessings. Oh, cool. thought that was an, a good Sweet. email for us to hear. Yeah. Were there are days that I wonder why we do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that answers my question, why we do this. Yep. So true. I know it's got to be hard. I hope you have somebody that helps you take care of your babies. That's hard, I know. I mean, not in her position, but right. just being... Down. Not being able to do <laughs> what you want to do for your children. Yeah, your body Colors when your body <laughs> when your body won't allow you to do what you want to do. It's very frustrating. Yeah. So okay, that was nice. Well, I hope that you get better soon. Thank you, Julie. Teresa, do you have another one, or at least one? I do. The Corey hasn't stole from you. Really, really. Okay. Let me, let me know where it is. <laughs> Hi, podcast team. Our family has experienced several very memorable character encounters over the years. Some have involved us directly, and others have been encounters that we have witnessed involving other guests. Is this another email about the Zanolas? No. Yes, really. <laughs> I experienced the Zanolas. I saw the Zanolas in the part. No, I'm kidding. Have any of you witnessed or been a part of a really special character moment? Thanks so much for taking the time to read my email. Thanks also for working for working so very hard to bring us the most entertaining Walt Disney World podcast. I love you guys. Ashley, sweet PM'd on the Diz boards. Well, I can tell about a character experience I had this past week with Mickey and Minnie. I've never stood in line for a character before, but I came out of um, Lincoln, Man and His Word, or whatever the little... Lincoln, a man and his word. What? <laughs> Whatever. I came out of the Lincoln attraction on Main Street, and I come around the corner, and I was dazed because on the walls there, there was like Miley Cyrus, and we were all talking about the pictures on the walls and all. And I come around the corner, about ran right into Mickey Mouse, and there was like two people in line for him, and I'm standing there going, "Okay, I have no kids with me, but when am I ever going to stand in line and see Mickey and Minnie again together?" I got all choked up, got my phone ready for my picture, and got my little picture. And it was cool. You know, it's 
you don't. I don't. Really, I never really thought about character interaction before. I see him there. I'm always taking Stella driving by, going, "Oh, the line's too long. We'll come back." And you know, and you never do. It's I, so funny. I can see how much Stella is like you when you talk about things like this. Okay, that's so cute. I, this is a memory from a very, very long time ago. I remember um, coming to the parks many, many years ago. It has to be after 1982, but that long ago. And I don't know what happened. My mother was an executive. However, when she would run into the characters in the park, she would become a ditz. (laughs) (laughs) We were in uh, the Magic Kingdom one day, and I forgot. I'm sorry. I don't know what his name is, but he's the king from Jungle Book. King Louie. Oh, the lion. There's no lion in Jungle Book. King Louie's the ape. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Maybe it's um, the king from... About Robin Hood? Robin Hood. I apologize. Who was it, Julie? Are you either talking about Prince John or are you talking about the big lion? The who big would lion be with the, with the crown. crown. Oh, that's King... Oh, I can't remember his name. She's going to hit the dashboard on the way home when she finds yeah. out. Well, we were in the park. We were right in front of Exposition Hall in the Magic Kingdom. And my mother decided that she was going to take a picture with me and the king from Robin Hood. And apparently she had gotten some information from someone that you're supposed to have the sun over your back to take the picture. You're the be- the sun is supposed to be to be your back so you get the best picture. <laughs> the back of the well, person taking the picture. Right. Yeah. So she decided, and she kept looking around like she was lost. And there I stood <laughs> with the king from Robin Hood. So he decided to go over and help her. And he put his hands on her shoulders. And he got spinning her around until she didn't know which way she was going. And he gave her this slight push. And she kind of wandered away. <laughs> <laughs> and he turned around and he looked at me. And he made a circle around his ear with his finger like, she's crazy. <laughs> the other time we were in Epcot. And my brother and I are both very, very tall. And we had run into Donald in his spacesuit oh. under the Epcot, under the spaceship Earth. And my mother again, the executive, turned into complete dits as far as taking pictures of these characters and she says to the two of us so i can get you all in the picture each of you put your hands under his arm and lift him up so oh, he's <laughs> and as she started walking away donald i didn't his expression didn't change but you know the 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 hand motion they make when somebody is safe, safe, and, safe. Well, and they do that slashing motion yeah Donald turned around and got in front of my brother and I and kept going. King Richard, no, sorry. No. Oh, God. I didn't no. find it either. I just remembered. So those are my character interactions. I would say going over to Magic Kingdom with my granddaughters. And my yeah. oldest is, um, you know, into the princesses. And we had bought her this, um, like, princess, pink princess nightgown. And she went over and met um, Aurora. And Aurora, you know, bent down and talked to her. And just to see the look on Julie's face, she was just mesmerized. She thought she was talking to the princess. And I said, as many times as I've been to the park, I saw the park a whole different way. And it it really is magical. It's like sometimes you you forget that living here. But when you can just, and I said the other time, um, I had the youngest one, Allie, and she was sitting there and the characters came by from the parade. And for as many pictures as I've ever taken, she got that look on her face that I think we've all gotten at one time or mm-hmm. another, like, you get it, and wow, and I miss that picture. But just to see her, you know, and I'm sitting there, like, with tears in my eyes, and Katie's looking at me like, why, you know? But it's like, 
wow, that's yeah. what Disney's all about. We were on the cruise last year, and we were walking. I don't remember where we were going, but I ran into Aaron Del Prince and his daughter Kim. I'm sorry, his daughter Anna. Kim is his wife. Excuse me. And Anna, Anna was about to pop out of her skin, and I said, "Anna, what's up?" I got to play ping pong with Stitch. Oh, wow. And I, I, you could see the level of excitement, and I thought to myself, that's just about the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. As a yeah. matter of fact, they asked me what my favorite it part is. of the cruise was last year, and that was it. The expression on um, Anna Del Prince's face, because she got to play ping pong with Stitch. You know, I can go the other way, too, though. <clears throat> One of the first times we sat through a parade when Stella was probably four or five, and um, Hook was walking along and come towards her with his hook extended and she backed up and hit the curb and just kept backing up trying to get away Aww. from him because you know she's little yeah. and he's huge and had that hook coming at her and she was you know we didn't set the parade for a long time after that um ferris has had a few finley hasn't had any yet but his first was with uh, mary poppins and she was so sweet and kissed him and you that know was adorable. yeah it was, that, a cute it was a cute one but the first time that he actually reacted was when we um Mickey and Minnie, when he met them for the first time, and when he kissed Mickey or Minnie's nose, whichever one. I can't remember which one it was. But that was so sweet, you know? Like, he wasn't afraid of them, and he was wiggling his nose, and so Ferris reached out, and he just kissed him. And the only one that I remember for myself is my Captain Jack experience in Disneyland when I was in the jewelry store, and he came up behind me, and I'm like, who is this person leaning right on me? (laughs) Thinking, you know, get over. It's a big enough case for everyone. (laughs) And it was Captain Jack? Yeah. Who's no longer there, right? They took him out. The jewelry store's gone. That was Captain Jack. He's not in the parks anymore. Oh, really? I mean, he was just wandering around. You're talking about Jack Sparrow, right? Uh Yeah, I heard last week they took him. Well, it's been a while since they took him out because the women were exposing themselves. Oh, and I didn't know Tarzan was out there too, and they had to remove him for the same reason. He wears a loincloth. They were probably exposing him. Anyway, <laughs> I was really on. Can't be controlled in the parks. You're out of control. I was on the cruise the one time and actually saw a grown-up knock some people over trying to get to Cinderella to get her autograph. So really? It's not just kids. We uh, we had uh, done a Keys of the Kingdom tour a couple of years ago, and we had to be there very early. And at the time, we had to wait next to uh, guest services in that little courtyard area. And the tour garden. Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that area. Well, of all people, Teresa telling me, making fun of me because I don't know what something's called. <laughs> was it making fun of you? I was just chuckling and, quietly. Um, Corella DeVille came out, and there wasn't a lot of people there, so she was kind of just doing different stuff and she was so full into character she was hysterical people would walk by her and not look at her and she'd be like are you from a different country and she'd be like just <laughs> making fun of them as they went past a little girl was, came up with a napkin for her to sign and she said to the little girl where are your parents and the little girl said to them and she said to them come here and the parents came forward and she said to them she handed them the napkin and she said don't be cheap go buy this child an autograph book oh. <laughs> she was great <laughs> And then there was another time where, remember back where um, Ariel's Grotto used to be, and sometimes they did autograph signings where they kind of ushered people through and they had the characters in the exit part of the queue. Kevin and I were walking back there, and we could see through the fake hedgerow that it was the Evil Queen. And And Maleficent. And Maleficent. Those are not characters you get to interact with very often. And... 
I don't know if it was us or someone else said, oh, look, it's the evil queen. And she turns around and she said, I'm not evil. It's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was, I mean, fabulous makeup, just... It's perfect. one of those things where, you know, as an adult, you get excited. I mean, yeah. to have your picture taken with the Evil Queen and Maleficent was pretty cool. All right, let's do one last email. Who's got one? I do. All right, Kathy. This is from Danielle Ellis Teeple. Kathy, when attractions are closed for refurbishments, do they ever open earlier than the anticipated date? My son can't stop talking about poop, and I don't have the heart to tell him that he won't be able to ride it. We are in Disney World from 11-1 to 11-10. Thanks, Danielle. It's who's not closed, is it? The playful spot. Um, no, the playful spot's closed. Yeah, it's going to close here towards the end of the month. I know that the the front was um, shielded, but it still said you still could go in. I mean, it's not quite as glorious as it was, but you still could go in and ride the ride when we were there for the Halloween party. But there's one. It's going down towards the end of the month. It's really, you know. Hit or miss. Hit or miss. I mean, Fantasyland's a mess right now. Yeah, it is. And yes, to answer her questions, it, it's it's not unusual for attractions to open sooner than they thought. It's also not unusual for them to go longer than mm-hmm. they thought. It, it's a uh, if you've ever had work done inside your house, you know what I'm talking about. I think they, uh, in general, Disney will uh, make their times longer than right. they will be, so that they can manage expectations appropriately but don't count on that i mean you don't want to go there thinking oh it's gonna be open and it's not and if he's into poo make a reservation for crystal palace Mm -hmm. oh that's a good idea and he'll get to interact directly with poo piglet and tigger good idea good idea all right well that'll do it for our email show thank you guys very much for participating and uh bringing your emails to read thank you everybody at home for listening and we will talk to you again next week. That does it for the Biz and Plus edition.